0: Morning. Now, it's been that long since I've been up here, I've nearly forgotten how to do this. So, uh, I really need you to be cheering me on, otherwise it might be the last time. I want to say welcome to those who are watching live and those who'll be listening on our podcast. Certainty. Certainty. What can we be certain of? We can be certain that Richmond will not win the flag this year. We could be certain of many things. But there is one thing I want us to be certain of today, and that is that Jesus can heal. Today, I, I just managed to get these passages. They were given to me, and I was so excited. Two fantastic events recorded in the book of Luke. Two different encounters with Jesus. Two different scenarios. Two different sicknesses. Two different spiritual conditions one question that remains. What does that mean for us today? One response, I hope. So reading from that book in Luke, chapter 5, verse 12. And it says that while Jesus was in, in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on, in his, on his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing... You can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand, touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Leprosy. What is is leprosy? It's something that we're not really that familiar with in this day and age. I wonder if any of you are like me who grew up uh, as a child with those little five-cent stackers. Is there anyone here that, that ever filled those out in their younger days or days gone by? There's a few, I was a few more just starting to get the hands working, it's okay, it's okay in church, we we can do that. Yeah, you know, and I was intrigued because every time I got five cents or I got to clean out my dad's top drawer, all the five cents pieces, no Janet, I'm not a sixpence person, you may be, but I'm five cents, (laughs) but apparently it sounds like it started with sixpence, so I get to clean out dad's top drawer, which always had lots of change in it. But the five cent pieces had to go somewhere else. But it did speed up my filling of that little file. And Apparently, that used to have the, 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 um, the medicine for a month for a person with leprosy. Last trip to uh, GSAM, to India, the orphanage that we uh, represent there, we went down to the uh, leper colony, down to the leprosy village, which was vastly refurbished through Des Wilmot member of our church here. And when it's great to go down and see them and to be able to be with them without the risk of thinking we're going to catch leprosy. Leprosy is a disease which often starts in its, in its format with the skin starting to discolour and going light. Now, if you've got white patches on your skin today, let me tell you, it's probably not leprosy, all right? Maybe many other things that can be that. And we don't really know because when, you, when they use the word leprosy, in the Bible, it probably covered a whole bunch of skin diseases. But this was the most common and the most disruptive to a person's lifestyle. So basically, it started out by a skin uh, skin discoloration. And then it moved into a loss of feeling uh, within the extremities of their body, in their toes and in their fingers. Um, Sometimes people say, well, when you get leprosy, your fingers and your toes drop off. Well, that's not exactly what happens. But, of course, if you can imagine, it's a tactile society. Um, people are walking in bare feet, they're cooking on open fires and all of that kind of thing and no such thing as safety officers back then. And so when you don't have feeling in your fingers and toes, they start to get knocked around, they, they um, get cut, they get diseased. And so for many, for many who had leprosy in those days, it would have been very common and, in fact, common right up into the early part of last century... For people to be quite disfigured, simply because the way their body just couldn't fight off or they exposed, you know, they burnt their hands or they cut their feet and they would get infected and not know that it's sore. We, we get infection, we know it's sore, okay, and we do something about it, but if you have leprosy, you don't know it's sore, so it just gets worse. Now, in those days, it was contagious, so it was a terrible thing for a person to have. In fact, we are told that if you had leprosy and you had to be in public, you had to announce your problem. And you did that by consistently crying, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine what it would be like if you were sick and you had to go down to the mall for some reason or another? You had no choice. You couldn't stay out of town where you were made to live because you couldn't mix with ordinary people. But you had to go downtown. And in our day, we'll put it in context, so from the moment you get out of your car to walk into the Brisbane Street Mall, do your business and get back to your car, you have to announce that you are unclean. I want you just to say, unclean. Unclean. Now I want you to shout, unclean. unclean. Do you feel clean? Can you imagine having to walk through the mall announcing that you were unclean? What this man is suffering is something that we will not really grasp. But in the midst of that, we read that this man has mighty faith. Because it says, while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Despite his circumstances, despite the heartbreak, despite the community shunning, despite his physical ailments, this is a man of faith. When we see people with disabilities, when we see people who are living a life that's been tougher than ours, do we naturally think that they are a mighty person of faith, a mighty woman of faith, a mighty man of faith? Sadly, I think sometimes we don't. And yet this man called him Lord. Lord. I don't believe for a moment that this was a flippant Lord. You know, in Scripture it also says that that many people will call God Lord, Lord. But really, they don't... Jesus says, they don't know me. They just know that's the title. They know that's the right thing to say. I play golf on a Saturdays and people usually talk to my saviour quite a bit. Unfortunately, it is not in the same way that I do. (coughs) This man, with everything going on in his life, recognised Jesus, fell on his face and said, Lord, if you would just touch me. I would be clean. And then we see the amazing compassion of Jesus and he says, Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man he said, I am willing. They are very important words. Not I hear you, not I'm sorry for you, not what a pity, but he says, I am willing. Be clean. And it says, immediately the leprosy left him. So here we have a man who cries out, unclean, and everyone else, that's you and me, backpedal. When he comes through the crowd, we move aside. And quite often, I suspect we would have turned away. Just in fear that looking at him, or breathing his breath, we might get what he's got. But Jesus comes up and touches him. Now, I I don't know because I I translate things like I am. So I'm a huggy, feely person. Steve's having to put up with this, and he is great because he's learning what that's all about. It puts a shudder through him, but he's he's getting good. He's actually getting good at it. So I don't suspect because I'm putting it in my context that it was a it was a pinky touch. I am willing. I don't know, what did Jesus do? Did he touch his arm? Did he grab the stump? Did he put his hand on his head? Did he put his hand on his shoulder? I don't know, but what Jesus did was what no one else would do for this man. He touched him. And on top of that, he did what no one else could do either. He healed him. How exciting is that? The thing I want us to learn today is don't let our circumstances rob us of our faith. Because, you know, there are some of us that feel unclean. But we're not going to sing that out. There are some here in this room who are suffering physically, but you're not going to tell everybody. There are some in this room that lose sleep at night because of our circumstances. Don't let any of that rob you of your faith. You may be in a tough spot right now, but take a leaf out of this leper's book. May it drive you to your Lord and Savior, not repel you. Jesus then goes on and asks this man to follow the law. Then Jesus ordered him, "Don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifice that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them." You know, there's a saying: Everyone's a comedian. They think Jesus is a comedian. Can you imagine this guy with all that I've explained and immediately is healed and in Jesus, oh, by the way, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Hands up if you really think you could obey that. Yeah, there is always a comedian, Wayne. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I could. Oh, maybe if he's Lord and Lord, but fair dinkum. Don't tell anyone. And what's more, I want you to take a 70-mile journey to go to the temple and offer the sacrifice spend a week there so that you can come back into society but more importantly, come back into worshipping fellowship and then bring, take the 70-mile journey back on foot, of course, probably with renewed vigour and strength. But Jesus is saying, you got a new life. But it's not a life of complete freedom. If you want to be sustained and kept, then stay with the program. Stay with my way of life. Don't lose track. Don't just get healed and run off. Get healed and be sustained. You know, I've seen people who have come for prayer and have got healed... And sadly, no longer worship God. I've seen people pray for healing in their family and seen it. And somewhere along the line, they've not stuck with the program. I don't think they just was after something, got it and ran away. But there are so many distractions in this world. Don't let our circumstances rob us of our faith. But when God comes through in a big way, don't get distracted by the world but stick with the program, stick with the one who has saved. Naturally, I think this is the natural outcome, naturally it says, yet the news about him spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. Well, why did Jesus say, don't tell anyone? I mean, we could, we could not argue, but we could we could talk about it, we could just debate it, we could come up with lots of reasons. But here's my take on it. Healing was not the main game. Jesus didn't come to physically heal people as his main objective. Jesus came to heal people spiritually. He came to usher people into an eternity of health. Healing was one of those things that came along with his power and authority. And it did lead people to that amazing faith and some it never led but it wasn't his main game. He was about raising disciples who would go on and spread the good news and the gospel so that now, right here, 2016, we are here praising the name of Jesus and the main reason is because Jesus stuck to the main game. Yes, he healed people, but yes, he trained up a bunch of people who didn't know anything but just saw what Jesus did, believed he was the son of God and started telling other people, how simple is that? That's what I want today. I don't want healing to be the main game today, but if God should choose to heal you today, I will celebrate and party with you as long as you want to celebrate and party. But I also want it to be about eternal healing, forever healing, a healing of that broken relationship between us and God. That's something that will last forever, not just for the 20, 30, 50, 70 or 80 years that we have left in our life now. When God moves, let's stay focused. So here's that amazing healing there of the man with leprosy. And then it goes on straight after. Here's another story. It says, One day, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law, who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who is... Who is who?" Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralysed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God, and they were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Wow, what amazing things. A very different crowd. The first is, seems like a public place, one man recognised Jesus as Lord. This time he's, he's teaching to the Pharisees, to the teachers of the law. So that's the head honchos of spiritual faith, not just in that area, it says every town of Galilee, Judea, and even from Jerusalem, 70 mile journey on foot, four days walk. Very different crowd, very different setting. And into this setting, we have some men who bring their friend who is paralysed. He can't walk. We don't know how paralysed he is. Probably safe to say he's paralysed from the neck down. Who knows? But they come carrying this man on a mat. And they couldn't find a way into the house because of the crowd. And it says that they went up onto the roof. This is the most understated couple of verses. Can you imagine? You've come here today, there's a thousand people plus, can't get in. Bounces on the door, sorry, you're too late, should have been here earlier. You've carried your mate. I picture four of them, one on each corner of the map. We don't know how far they've carried him. Did they carry him from Judea, not just that town? Who knows? And they get there, they can't get in. What's the bloke thinking? What's the guy on the mat thinking? Sucks to be me. But no, they, these, these people are resourceful. What are we going to do? How can we? Well, you know, most of the houses then, flat roof, stairway up like we'd think of a fire escape coming down. And they go up, but, but he says, oh, they lifted some tiles off and they lowered him down. <clears throat> I was tempted to get some people up there with gravel and brick and start dropping it on top of you and I thought, no, Donna will get to me because you haven't got safety glasses to look up and we'd be in a bit of strife there. But imagine, Jesus is talking, Jesus, the Son of God is talking, he's preaching, he's preaching his heart out and there's some nongs up on the roof ripping it apart and stuff's dropping down. It's clay and it's branches, it's mud, in other words, it's dried mud and branches, and a few beams, and then they may have had clay tiles on top. There isn't anything pretty or sanitised about this picture. You're all packed, and on top of your scones is dirt falling from above you. How distracted would you be? (laughs) I I know it's Jesus. (laughs) I think I'd be saying, I am listening, but I mean... You read it but it's sanitised, it's like... But here's these guys, guys up there ripping into the roof. They're digging it up and causing mayhem below. Not only that, did they come with ropes? They must have gone to get him. Poor Blake lying on the pallet. What was he thinking? Oh, they're and left me again. They go, they get ropes, they dig a great hole and then they lower him down... Front of Jesus. Sometimes coming to Jesus is messy. Sometimes people coming to Jesus is distracting. And today we have a choice as to whether be like the Pharisees and be like the teachers of the law and grumble and mumble, or we can sit back and celebrate. The messier it is the more stuff there is to change, the happier the circus is. Jesus can read our faith. It says when Jesus saw their faith, not just the man's faith, we don't actually know how much faith he had. It's not as if he could run away. He he could object maybe verbally but did his mates just go, we know what's good for you? We, we don't know. It says Jesus saw their faith. And then he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. This is very different to the previous one where there was a recognition that Jesus was Lord. And Jesus responded to that. In this occasion, he is addressing the man's spiritual well-being first. on the faith of the man and his friends, Jesus is giving him eternal freedom, forever freedom, not what's left of his life to be able to skip, dance, play, cricket, football, rugby, whatever, but eternal freedom, freedom forever, freedom that will go on beyond the grave. How's our faith today? Is our faith consistent Constituted by we're here. I went to church on Sunday. If Jesus was reading our faith today, what would he be thinking? It's your faith that's changing your life? Or is your faith limited to, to Bob each way? I know I really should be With other Christians. I know I really should pray. I know I really should read the Bible. There's a lot of other good stuff as well. We can marry it all together. Jesus reads our faith, He reads us from the inside out. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is it it easy to say? Your sins are forgiven. Or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Right in the middle of this, what was the guy on the mat thinking? He's been carried. There's crowds everywhere. His mates have gone up on the roof, they've hacked the great hole, they've lowered him down. Now he's in front of Jesus. Jesus has said, your sins are forgiven, and all of a sudden there's an disagreement. Let's put it like that. It wasn't verbal, because they were just thinking it on the inside, but because Jesus is going, I know what you're thinking. And as this conversation starts to happen, what's the guy on the mat thinking? Oh no. I oh know, let's, let's not have a church dispute now. I've, I've got the chance to be healed. And you church leaders are about to have a bun fight. What on earth? What was it? Did he want to sing out, Stop, can't you see me? But Jesus could see him. Jesus could see. He he wasn't lost. But Jesus could also see the bigger picture and he had to put some things straight. Jesus wants this man to be spiritually healed. You'll note that in the third part of our 2020 vision, um, it's about mercy. It's like mercy two ways. You know, it's very common these days where there's fancy food and it's two ways. Pork belly two ways bring it on but Jesus is talking about mercy two ways and let me be really clear today we're going to have two opportunities at the end of this service for mercy two ways the most important mercy of all is if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour for you to be healed forever spiritually an eternal life forever with God. That is, the, that is the most important thing that could happen here this morning, is for someone here to find faith in Jesus and secure eternity forever. And then there's mercy two ways, because we want to believe that this is, this, is what, this is the Word of God. This is, this is the living, active, sharp, two-edged Word of God and healing physically and emotionally is still present today by the Holy Spirit. And we're going to give that opportunity as well. One, though, is for temporal healing, and the other is forever. Faith that will make you well. They've had their little discussion. Jesus has put the teachers back in their box. And then it's back to the man. What does it say? It says, immediately he stood up in front of him. That's faith. Because if you've been lying on a mat, what was it? Who knows? Five years? Was it 10 years? Was it 15 years? Was it 20 years? Probably couldn't be much longer because you wouldn't have had a long lifespan. But if you've been lying on a mat all that time, might there be a little bit of doubt? Some of you have been sick for a while and maybe there will be that moment at the end of the service where there's a little bit of doubt. Let me tell you, it is your faith that will make you well. Jesus is still the same Jesus, but it's about your response to that. As it was with this man, it said immediately, he didn't think about it, he just stood up. I'd love to have seen the look on the Pharisees and the teachers' faces. Not what we thought. You're not allowed to do that. I reckon they even dribbled. It says, seeing the remarkable, everyone was amazed. And once they closed their mouths, apparently they did give praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things this day. And I guess my question is, do you have faith? Do you have faith? Do you have a certainty that this is the word of God? Do you have a certainty that it hasn't changed? That this is still living, it's still active? Do you have a certainty that Jesus still wants to heal today? You know, the only disadvantage we have is that Jesus isn't here in person. So the people who are going to pray for you They don't know exactly what's going to happen. But this I can tell you. If you come forward and you say that you want your life to be sorted with God, then He will accept you with open arms. And if you will confess your sin and make Him Lord of your life, you will be a new creation. And that I can guarantee. If you come forward for healing this morning... This I can guarantee, your life will not be the same again because your faith has changed your life. Now, I can't tell you whether God is going to choose to heal you or to strengthen you. I mean, I've seen it all. I've asked for healing, I've had old people come and lay hands on me, and I've been healed. I've asked for healing, and nothing's changed. We've prayed for babies in this church, and they've died. But let me ask this question. Are those parents stronger for having asked for healing? Amen. Amen. See, if you come to God in faith, your life is ne- never goes backwards. It can never go backward. You come forward this morning and ask for something in the name of Jesus and your life cannot go backward unless you choose to allow it to. You can let doubts come in and all of those kinds of things because we have free will. But this morning, what I'm saying is that we have a great opportunity to come in Jesus' name. Oh, I wanna, in a way, I'm just trying to debunk this a little bit. There are going to be people here on our prayer for healing team. They're going to be down here and our elders and our staff are going to be here. If you first, though, need to get right spiritually, you can come, come and talk to me and I'll pray with you or Steve. And then if you've got some physical healing, you can go on to the prayer team. When all that's said and done, I'm going to the prayer team. I've had three MRIs and an ultrasound in the last two weeks. And thankfully, I got to say to the surgeon yesterday, I'm glad you're not knife happy because he sent me home, the day before, he sent me home and he's not going to do anything. That's the good news. The bad news is there's no cure for what I have. Now, don't go, it's not a down thing. I will live and I'll just live and try and be patient. But if I have a choice, I would love God to heal me this morning. So when I'm finished for praying with people, I hope there's someone left because I want some people to pray for me. And you don't have to be the special people. I learned that the last time. It was the old people. It was the Gwen Byards of our church that came down and prayed for this young fellow and saw him change that day. It's not hokey-pokey. It's not about the faith of the people praying. It's about God being God, Jesus being Jesus, the Holy Spirit being the Holy Spirit, and you having the faith to believe it. And whatever happens from that point on, you will be better off. Amen? Amen. So we're about to sing a final song. You have opportunities. You have opportunities to go get a coffee. If you're a visitor, you can go out to the Welcome Lounge, which is right out there. There's free tea and coffee. There's food. There's cafe. Or you can come forward and see what Jesus is going to do in your life today. I would love it if, you would, if you're one of those people that thinks you've got to be dying before you come and ask for prayer, forget that. Just come. If you're a person that's nervous, forget that just come. You haven't had to be lowered down in the middle of everyone. Let's see what this Jesus can do, because I'm certain he's up to something today. Let's sing. Let's come. Now, we're going to sing this with gusto, and we're not going to start talking over that. But as soon as this song's finished, we'll drop the tempo so we can talk, and we can pray, and we can see what our God has in store for us. Let's stand. Let's see.